Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to another uh, Career Crossroads um, podcast. I'm super excited today. We're going to take about 10 minutes to meet uh, with industry friend and colleague Marcus Thorpe. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Glad to have you on. Uh, before we jump in, we got a great, great topic where we're going to talk about data today and why data matters or why we, why we think it matters or why we care about data. Before we jump in, uh, why don't you share with us uh, who, who is Marcus Thorpe? Why do we care what Marcus Thorpe has to say? Well, I'm a well-traveled soul, so hopefully I have a sort of good international um, perspective on things. I've worked at some of the larger tech companies um, in my time, so I've had to hire um, some pretty elite engineering talent on my journey. Um, some of the big companies you've heard of, some smaller ones as well on the, on the route. Um, and, you know, I've kept pretty honest to myself. I try and be myself and get my team to be themselves uh, when they're recruiting, which I think is key in talent acquisition. It, it's very easy to fall into a sort of sales hole, if you will, to be yourself and you know build relationships with folks. So pretty interesting journey, well-traveled. Um, hopefully have some good context to share. Well, how does, you know, the topic of data, we were just talking before the show, uh, and I think you've got a pretty interesting perspective uh, on, on why data is so important. So if you were, again, well, let's put you in a time machine, right? So if you were to go back uh, 10 years, maybe even five years, is there something you'd tell your, your younger self outside of what musical venues to go see outside of, <laughs> you know, you're a big music fan, but uh, what, uh, what would you tell yourself about data within the, within the world of, of recruitment? Yeah. Um, well, first one, trust your instincts. You know, I think I think that's a big one for recruiters in general, but particularly around data. But most importantly is understand your data. You know, we all create awful amounts, awfully huge amounts of data in the recruiting world, but you should understand your trends. You should understand your data. You know, some of us are high volume, um, need many candidates to get to hires, and that's okay. Um, and some of us will get two or three candidates and work just as hard to get those candidates, but then more of them will hit the, hit the mark. But understand your data. So when you review it three, six months from now, if it looks awry or trends aren't going to form, you can do some more analysis into what looks right and what you need to change to make things better. Um, I would definitely say if you're ever able to hire an analyst um, to own your data, you know, it, I cannot put enough emphasis on how important the integrity of your data is. You know, um, the key reason that I think data is important is to manage stakeholders, whether they're internal in your team or whether they're external business clients of yours. And so having data that's directionally um, accurate is, is so important. And so an analyst can help you in that regard, um, can help educate. Junk in, junk out is what analysts will always tell you. And every one of us has a responsibility for making sure that data is super accurate or as accurate as you can make it. It's never going to be 100%. But if you can understand the downstream effects of it not being correct, you know, and do whatever you can to make it better, you know, you're going to be in a much better place. And then probably the last bit of info, advice doesn't hurt to learn some Excel. You know, if you're going to be looking at bigger and bigger sets of data, it doesn't hurt to be able to understand how to 
run a pivot table or to sort of put data into different tables within a uh, Excel spreadsheet and see if you can um, make it look prettier for your audience. Yeah. Well, you know, Marcus, so you, you, a couple of things I caught in there, and one of them was understanding your own numbers, uh, which I think is pretty important. There's probably not a week or two that go by where Jerry and I are not asked um, what, what's the average rec load that a recruiter should hold or what should a fair time to fill be uh, or time to offer and time to accept. And I think you raise a really interesting sort of, sort of nugget worth just dialing into for just a second is around knowing your own data because it's great to benchmark against others. Uh, but can you, can you talk a little bit about the value of, of benchmarking against yourself versus others? Yeah, I mean, most of us started recruiting, it was sort of on the agency side and you're micromanaged to within a, you know, a minute of your life ending. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's clearly a reason for that is that they want to, uh, the agency wants you to get in the best practice in terms of picking up the phone and smiling and dialing as much as possible to have as many um, meaningful conversations with candidates, et cetera. But you develop your own style over time. And, you know, the ultimate goal is we need to be make sure we need to be making sure that our clients are happy, that we're putting bums in seats. And over time, you will understand, you know, how many candidates you need to talk to to get those bums in seats. Now, it's going to change from time to time if your recs change from being a very technical role to being a sales role. But ultimately, you'll understand, you'll, you'll learn to understand, you know, the throughput you require in terms of candidate flow in order to get to your number of hires. Um, uh, hopefully the quality of your hires remains strong. You know, quality of hire to me is the golden, the, the sort of the holy grail of recruitment data. You know, are your um, all your hires in the top X percent of, of performers at the company, you know, one year, two years in when you run their performance. Um, but the more predictability you can have as an individual, whether you're a recruiter, recruiting manager, managing a team of recruiters, in terms of being able to tell the business who I expect to hire and when, you know, the, the more impact you're going to have from a business perspective and being able to have them meet targets and them to understand the, the downstream effects of bad behavior in terms of interviewers not turning up for interviews and not giving the feedback. So um, it's really end-to-end, you know, it's, it's the experience you give your candidates, how quickly you can move them through the process, how likely you are to get them to accept offers. Um, are they dropping out of the process? That's, pretty, that's a pretty good leading indicator that something is going wrong if you're actually losing candidates throughout the process and they're not actually getting to the final point of the, being able to accept or decline an offer. So it's really understanding from, from start to finish um, what typical looks like in your world and therefore, you know, what you need to course correct if it, if it suddenly changes direction on you. How much weight do you give? I, I agree with you completely. You've got, you've got to know your own numbers to know when something's awry, right? When, when something changes or shifts or improves. How much weight do you give uh, benchmarking against other organizations? Is it, do you give it as much attention, less attention to, to weighing in against yourself? Other organizations give you great context for a stakeholder perspective. That's my personal view. Um, stakeholders are always, you know, living in their own little world. Sometimes they've been very, very tenured individuals. They've only really seen life at the company that you're talking about. So benchmarking externally, giving them some external context can be really, really helpful. But when it comes to um, internally, I think that you're probably going to always be benchmarking with other individuals doing a similar role or someone who did a similar role, you know, six months, 12 months previously at the same company. Mm -hmm. Um, Your process is going to be different. The number of steps you go through is going to be very different. 
the ability to convert an offer into an offer accept is always going to be a little bit different. Your Where you fit on the compensation structure is going to be different. Your benefits may be very, very different. So I, I think internal benchmarking is always going to be more valuable for the recruiting team internally to measure against each other. Um, but as, as I said, you know, when dealing with stakeholders, sometimes an external context can, can redirect their, their actions a little bit because they only have ever seen internal data and not understand how that looks externally. Yeah, yeah, very valid point. Again, you said one other thing. I, I got one more question for you. You mentioned one other thing, the holy grail of recruiting, right? Quality of hire. How, uh, how are you measuring quality hire at Thoughtworks? What, um, what, what goes into that metric for you? Well, truthfully, we're not there yet. Um, I think it needs to become the only way to generally measure it is with the impact of the hires that they make on the organization. So if it's a sales individual, it's, you know, what revenue are they bringing into the company? Eventually right. that's the quality of the hire for the technical world. It's, you know, what percentage of, of my hires are top performers, you know, uh, in their first performance review, 12, 24 months hence. Um, it's a, it's a lagging indicator. It takes you a couple of years to get there. But over time, hopefully you have a trend that's moving in the right direction that, um, you know, that you're not doing what every business thinks is going to happen when you increase the cadence of hires. And that's recruiting will just try and do everything they possibly can to get in a warm body rather than a high performer. So every single company I've worked at, whenever you accelerate and you're talking about scale, the first perception is what are we going to do to stop, um, you know, recruiting just deciding that we're going to hire uh, warm bodies versus quality. So ultimately it's about, there's a there's an initial uh, indicator, which is, um, you know, any early attrition, but the longer the individual has been in the company, the less likely recruiting have much part to play in that, you know, onboarding might be a part to play in that. The right. manager being good or bad may be a part to play in it. So ultimately it's on performance. So hopefully you can tie it to some sort of connection with business metrics like revenue, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, if it's along the lines of, you know, are 25% of my highs in the top, 50% of performers at the company, that's a pretty good, a pretty good indicator of, of quality of hire. Um, and that's really the ultimate way of deciding whether somebody is a good hire or just an okay one. You know, I will, um, I think I've told this story on the show before, but I'll never forget years and years ago at an ERE, Rob McIntosh uh, was in, he wasn't in a main room. He was sort of in a, in one of the um, uh, concurrent sessions off to the side, but he was going to share and I think it was at Avanade at the time, but he was going to share the metric for quality of hire. He's going to put it up on the screen. He was going to share it. It was standing room only. This little room was packed. There was a line. Everyone wanted to see it. And to this day, I don't, Rob won't admit whether it was planned or not, but when Rob threw everything up there, it was all redacted. And he said at the last minute, he couldn't share any of these metrics. And then he went on to talk about all these other elements. And ever it was just a deflated sense of, I thought we were going to figure it all out here. <laughs> he just delivered. It was very upsetting. Yeah, it's you know it's sensitive data, right? If you're talking about performance data, it's hard. And, and, I, th- and I generally think with all the all the attempts to measure quality of hire, uh, that's the only real um, the real impactful measure that we have is you know regardless of their process, you know, assuming the process was relatively positive, which meant they said yes to the offer, and presuming their onboarding was relatively positive, which meant they stuck around to be here for the first performance review. Ultimately, it's how they deal um, with performance against their peers. That's the the true measure. 
And yeah. you know, I'm probably not going to share that data externally for my for my team of hires um, anytime soon either. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't advertise that you did it, Rob. I'm talking to you. <laughs> All right, Mario. So good to see you. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you dialing in, and uh, we'll see you soon in a meeting. All right. My pleasure. Cheers. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.